This is Hypothetical Help with Scott and Terpster, neither of whom are actual therapists or counselors. Any advice given on this show is truly hypothetical. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hypothetical Help, episode 8 of this new version of Hypothetical Help. I'm Scott Johnson, that's Terpster. Hey Terpster. Hello! Hey man! Are we calling it season 1? Are we starting again or is this season like 5? I don't know. It would be like season 6, I think, if we'd have kept going the way we were going, but I think in reboot terms we can call it season Season 1. Yeah. Season 1. Season 1, episode 8. That's what this is. It's all here because you guys support us at patreon.com slash hypohelp. Big thanks to everybody who supports us, continues to. We need more, so please keep on coming back. 298 brave, brave, brave patrons. Brave souls. We're near to hit 300. You You know what? I'm just going to say it out loud. I'm going to give a free thing to our 300th guy. Really? Yep, I am. What about the other 300? Well, you you douche. They're going to get cool stuff, they too. They all get, obviously, this show. Right, so, right. big thanks to them. And, this and guy, they get this, the shout-out. This guy will get like a... He'll just get a small thing. I'll send him like a little print okay. or something. It'll be fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't want to go... Or her. T- or her, right. It could be a lady. Could be a lady. More it, likely to be a lady. <laughs> you think? Yeah, well, we've got, I think, 290 male patrons. Mm. So, statistically... It's likely to be a lady next. I'm very curious about the... Because we're using up more of the men, aren't we? I wonder what the gender breakup is. I'll bet you there's more guys getting it for free and more more ladies paying. That's really? Why don't yeah. you say that? That seems extremely uh, sweeping and uh, ill-informed. It's a little ill-informed, and I have no, base, <laughs> I have no basis for it. It's absolutely a I guess. just have a feeling that <laughs> women want to pay for me. Whereas guys, they're thinking, I'll, I'll listen to him, but I'm not going to pay for that. All right, let me ask you this question. Okay. If you were to break down the p- people who use BitTorrent mm-hmm. and you had to guess percentage-wise how many of those, let's say it's equal numbers of men and women that listen, okay. li- they, they consume the things that BitTorrent might serve up. How many of what percentage of the of them versus versus women do you think men use BitTorrent versus those who get their stuff legally? Oh, I I have no idea. Um, and again, I'm basing this on just a hunch. Oh, just oh, I thought you had some numbers. No, I got hunch. nothing. Oh, oh, in that case, I would say seventy <laughs> thirty, uh, maybe eighty uh, twenty, maybe male to female. Yeah, I would say that's probably right. Male eighty percent male. That's about what I would think. And my again, my reason, all things being equal in terms of total people using uh, or consuming content, I base that purely on this idea I have in my head that women are less likely to steal than men. Is and that your belief? Okay. I don't know why I think that. I'm not sure what I'm basing that on. I don't on. know. I think I think uh, a few women have stolen my heart, Scott. Mm. So Was it reverse so sexism that I have? I have reversal of sexism going on. Well, no, it's still sexism. You're just being sexist against men rather than the more you know traditional sexist against women. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't say that you're any any less sexist. You're yeah. just, you know, slightly off the norm in terms of sexualisms. Well, is it um, like because I'm, I'm, but because I'm a dude, I can do that, right? I can get away so with it. My YouTube channel, because I know that has analytics attached to it, I have a ninety percent male viewership. Yeah. So only ten percent of my viewers are ladies, mm. which I find upsetting. Yeah. Um, because for whatever reason, some of the actually, I tell a lie. According to uh, so Google, 90.2% are male and only 9.8% are female. Holy crap. Does that go against your whole life 
worldview that you well, should? Well, I don't know because I I'd like to think I'm equally as appealing. So it's less so that you know I, I don't mind having a, a huge male following. Yeah, but I would like to have a huge female following as well. Right. Well, so I believe in your ability to track down that demographic and and make them you. yours. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. It's going to be fun, and that's what I'll tell the police. I'll sure. say I was merely trying to be a little bit more hands on in increasing my female proportion. Um, and they say, what? I say, you, they're saying that you were touching your male proportion. I say, well, that's that's a different story. So anyway, long like story it. short, thanks for supporting. Yeah, appreciate Season it. Season one, episode eight. Yeah, here we are to bring it to you with more questions. These are real questions from people who want to have answers, and we're here to give them. Here's our first question of the week. Something about weaning off the ladies. Speaking of the ladies, weaning off the ladies. Okay. Oh, I've, I've, I've weaned on, but I'm not sure about weaning off. <laughs> I don't know how this feels, but anyway, here you go. Hey, Scott. Hey, Terpster. Uh, long-time listener. So happy the hypothetical help is back. I am a gentleman who enjoys exercising, going to the gym. Uh, like Terpster, just a, a sensual man, uh, and I enjoy the attention of ladies. Thing is, I already found the best lady ever. Uh, the lady I probably want to spend the rest of my life with. I'm having a hard time leaning off the attention of those other ladies, though. What do I do? Maybe I just need to take a cold shower. Anyway, thank you. He seems to have the impression wow. that you go to the gym. I think I, that's I've funny. been to a gym. Uh-huh. I went there yeah. and I was like, mm, smells nice. <laughs> Musty. Musty aroma. <laughs> How'd that go? A lot of a lot of old men dragging their testicles around the the changing room. And... Yeah, well, I used to go to a gym, and then I got into a long term, uh, you know, long term relationship, and just obviously just abandoned all hope. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things at the gym is obviously I, you know, me Scott. I take a lot of care of my hair. I love my hair. Yeah. It's a it's an intrinsic part of me. Um, and at the gym they had a hair dryer, and I was like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I can fully quaff my hair easily enjoyably wait explain this to me they have a hair dryer at the gym yeah they had in the changing rooms not just out not like next to the treadmill oh but in the in the changing rooms there was there were a couple of hair dryers and stuff like that i thought Mm. oh that's handy yeah you have to bring your own and stuff like that up until the point i saw uh what can only be described as an old wrinkly asian man um (laughs) drying his balls (laughs) with the aforementioned hair dryer and i mean technically there was hair to dry. Yeah. So I don't think he was necessarily misusing the product, but I started just having like a kind of a horrible uh, reflection on the number of times I dried my head hair um, with said device where I kind of feel like I was just blowing his balls all over my face, yeah. um, which I hope someone takes out of context <laughs> and makes a ringtone. Um, but yeah, it was weird. So that sort of thing wow. definitely um, kind of scared me away from the gym. But anyway... To bring it back on track, this obviously this lovely caller, okay, very fortunate to find his other half, his soulmate. Sure, um, tricky thing that in life to can, find him. Yeah. Can't help the fact that he's still a very desirable man. Mm-hmm. I can only say, I get you, brother. Yeah. I hear you. Totally, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ladies, they're people too. They can't help it. If you're off the market, they still want to look. They still want to enjoy. That's fine. That's okay. You enjoying back the other way. That's obviously frowned upon. That's a big no-no. Right. Now, certain people have magical relationships where they're open, and that's all good. Um, do you ever, have you, think- listen, hold on. Have you ever met or do you know people mm-hmm. who live that open swinger lifestyle? I know no. someone who does. I'm curious I if do you, you. Yeah, I do. Oh, I don't know anyone. I The thing is, is I know myself. I couldn't be, you know, 
happy the other way. Yeah. Like I, I know that some people be like, oh yeah, there's such freedom, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of my wife. I don't want anyone else having a go on that. That's well, mine. The people, a reason. the people I'm talking about do not use podcasts. Don't listen to them. So I'm not worried about them hearing this, but so let's name names then, Scott. Tell me their name. <laughs> I'm not going to give you names, but I am going to tell you that they seem like they, they're not, they, they have this, okay, they have this mantra they live by that, yeah, man, open and swing, and it's the best thing ever, and our relationship's never been better because of it and stuff. But the real truth of it is, because I know them better than most people know them on the surface, they're kind of miserable. They're not happy with each other, really? and they are always looking for a new couple to swing with because they're not happy with each other. So, Scott, when you say you know them, how did you get to know them? Just neighbors. Oh, really? Just neighbors? Not even in my current neighborhood, so everyone here... Is it you? Oh, really? So yeah. you're out walking the dog, and... <laughs> You you happen across uh, some some a lovely couple uh-huh. who they like the look of Kim. Let's not let's not dance around it, Scott. You have a beautiful wife, okay? Yeah, she's all right. Yeah. And they think Scott. Well, we're put up with it if we get to um, obviously get to know Kim a bit better. Yeah. Um. So so what? How what? So they, they they've never have they ever approached you guys? No 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 no. They oh, really? I think they okay. knew. I think we made it seem if not entirely obvious. We we we. We were constantly, basically, this is how Kim and I look at everything in life. We have zero judgment for anyone else and what they want to do. It's fine. Choose what you want to do. If you're not hurting anybody else, more power to you. I think that's fine. Uh, but we're, we were, we're not at all interested. But this guy and I shared some interests. Like he is a big gamer, loves video games. So we talk a lot mm-hmm. about video games a lot. Her and Kim would occasionally go and like do stuff at stores and things like that, shopping and whatever. Um, things you do and that was all well and good and there was never they never uh, approached it or proposed it or any of that because I think they just intrinsically got the idea that Kim and I were not into that at all right okay so there was never like a confusing moment where you were like hey sorry I'm busy can you just move my car in off of the street and you chucked (laughs) them your car keys and they were like oh hang on I don't know whose keys these are now. These mine are they yours? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to, you know, put them in a bowl and just figure out. No, nope, that never happened. Nope. And, there, and then also that weird rumor about a pineapple. I keep hearing that if you put a pineapple oh. somewhere, that says that you're interested. Oh, really? Have you heard what, this on your person or yeah. just around your house? Here it is. Pineapple. Hold on. Pineapple. Pineapple swingers. There we go. We got the title. There we go. <laughs> so it says, all right, Secret Life of Swingers, uh, new reality show, something, something. Yeah, apparently a pineapple is a symbol for swingers, according to Answers.com, which says, "Oh no, now it says no." Oh, and the oh, and it makes some playing. lovely music. Great, thanks. So okay, so pine- okay, that's fine. Anyway, I feel like we've 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 gone we've gone uh, to, yeah <laughs> really off topic here. Um, but basically, obviously, our advice to this lovely caller is um, have a pineapple on your person at all times, <laughs> and uh, that will be a message to the ladies that you know it's okay. So I I what do you think the problem is here, Scott? Is he is he getting attention from the ladies? I think he's and having... He's, or I think is he he's, saying that he's looking at ladies going like, I still like that booty? I think he's uh, having a little bit of both, and I think he's having what I think probably all of us at some point, those of us who've committed to long-term relationships, in my case, in your case, marriages, I think that there was a time right before where we might have said in our own heads or out loud, man, I don't know if I'm ready to settle down, or I don't know if I'm ready to lock in on one person or whatever. I, I went through that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, we uh, I haven't. I don't know if I've told the story on here before, but right before, probably three months before the wedding, I got like cold feet. I called Kim on the phone and said, "I don't know if I can do this. 
I'm too freaked out. I'm I don't know if I'm ready. I was I had all these so these single plans and now I'm going to get married and I don't know if I can do this thing, you know, like total just wimping out mm. being a big being a big puss about it. And but at the time I felt justified in asking and saying all those things. And she did a thing on that phone call that forever changed me and her and us. Oh, really? Which was, she said, Filthy. she didn't cry. She didn't get oh, all right. upset. Oh, sorry. Okay. She didn't get all upset. She didn't go, Ma, I can't believe you're doing this or any of that. Uh, she said, all right, got to go. And I said, what? She goes, I have to leave. Hope you figure your crap out and hung up on me. And that was it. Wow. So she did this confident, fine, I don't need you if you're going to be a total pusk sort of attitude. Yeah, and it worked, man. As soon as I hung up, I went, "Oh my gosh, I've screwed up. This is bad. I've got to call her back. I've got to make this right." And she wouldn't take my call for about a week. She went out with some other dude during that week. Oh, Scott, you got punished. I got punished hard. Ouch! And uh, oh, I'm sorry, Scott. I thought you didn't want this fan piece of behind. <laughs> and you're like, "I do, I do, I want that." I do. And she's like, "Well, you know, I, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it myself now. Yeah. Now you've raised that question, and you had to, you had to work hard. For it that. was really hard. So at the end of it all." She finally relented, and I was like incredibly sorry, and I, I, we got it all back on track, and everything was fine. And it was the smartest thing I'd ever done. And it also showed me, and this is the important part, it showed mm-hmm. me that she was the kind of girl I needed in my life. I needed somebody with that kind of fortitude, that kind of willingness to stand up to my crap, um, that kind of strength and uh, sort of self-reliance, and all those things were, yeah. turns out, were really important to sort of equal out who I am. And boom, it worked. And so I guess what I'm saying is don't go. This guy is probably just feeling some of that. He's a little further from the final commitment, right? Like he's. Yeah, he's got an inkling that, hang on, this girl's special. Yeah. Okay. I think I might make her the forever lady. Yeah. And that's 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 a beautiful. She will bear my children. He's thinking, but maybe potentially if if you're into that. But he's sort of at this point thinking she should be or might be, but he's not to the point where she is or is, it's not eminent. So, but I was thinking, can I have my cake and also eat the cake yeah. whilst still having the cake to look at? Yeah. But if I've eaten it, how can I look at it? Yeah. You can't look uh, at it yeah. and eat it at the same time as the old saying goes. So my thinking is you just need to decide if that's true. And if that's true, make the damn commitment. That's my advice. Yeah. Ammo. Yeah, you I'm not to gonna say it, to each his own. Everyone goes a different way. I'm not talking any of that today. Today, I'm gonna actually pick a side. I'm on this side of the fence that says yeah. if she's the right one for you and she is as committed to you as you are feeling like you might be to her, then man up and commit. And I'm just gonna say, Scott, is um, before making any serious life decision, always make sure you've knocked one out. Okay, <laughs> just at all times. Okay, <laughs> do not be ruled by the second brain. Okay, Uh you have to be clear headed. Okay, so you might be feeling a little bit excited, a little bit pent up. Maybe you've, you know, you've been at the gym working up some some aggression. Maybe some hormones are flowing through your body and you're you're getting primal and you're looking around and you're thinking, oh, there's lots of females for me to impregnate. You know, you get very caveman. Okay, the reality is, is that that is not what rational you wants to do. Okay, or not necessarily. And we have two, there's a, there's a sports psychologist who talks about your chimp um, or ape. I think I'm going to call it chimp. I like chimps. Mm-hmm. Chimp's a better word. Sure. Um, and it's probably the one. Uh, and he says about how everyone has a chimp. And your chimp is, the, the chimp just wants to sit around, be lazy, eat food, have sex, uh, not work, not do anything. And then you've got your, your, your driven 
man, your your industrious person, um, and you need to you need to get your chimp under control. Mm-hmm. You can't just be driven around by this guy who you know this this monkey who just wants to you know get with all the ladies. Mm-hmm. If that's not what you want, if you're thinking actually no, I want to make a commitment to someone, or I know that you know she's really rare and special. You need to do that. You need to lock that down, and you need to just get that under control. Yeah, because so, at some point yeah. you're going to wish you did if you didn't. Yeah, and it may and be too late. I, I spoke about obviously making sure you you know you you knock one out before any major life decision. I will put under the context you know in private. Don't be like if someone's asked you a question, you're a bit like, oh, that's serious. Don't there and then uh, start trying to do stuff. Okay, but you have to make sure you're clear of mind uh, and and soul. Um, before you do that, obviously, if your religion forebodes that, you know, I can't help you. Yeah, there's um, nothing Terpster you know, can do for you. Ask, ask your God for help if that's uh, <laughs> if that's how that works. But uh, I would say, yeah, control your chimp. Yeah, get your chimp under control. Put a put a thing on it. Put a choke a, a, a electrical well, shock ch- collar. Choke your chimp is what I'm saying. Ch- choke, choke your, your chimp, chimp. Uh-huh. and then. Then make a decision, okay? <laughs> and I can assure you, you'll make the correct decision. And and know this. If you stay in shape and you're a good-looking dude, there is something nice about people still admiring you. It doesn't mean you're acting on it. It doesn't mean you're unfaithful. It doesn't mean any of that. Mm. But but people admiring you and you knowing that you're being admired, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a real nothing confidence booster. It's fine. It's not like you're leering at them, and that's the important distinction here. Your Your wife will even like the idea that you are still a desirable creature to those who weren't able to nab you the way she was. Like there's, there's something to that. And I'm not, you know, it's not an actionable thing. It's just a thing. It's a nice emotional massage that, that part. Uh, so choke wow. your chimp and move on. All right. So speaking of choking chimps, let's get to our next question. This one is about helping someone with the impending apocalypse. Hi guys. It's oh. Steve again from uh, Melbourne, Australia. Uh, look, I really appreciate the help you guys gave me in one of the earliest shows with the last teabag. Turned out the teabag was pretty good, um, and thanks for that. But I've got another problem. Um, I have a fear of apocalyptic situations, particularly like the movie uh, Escape from L.A. with Kurt Douglas. Um, Russell, just to get that out, Russell. Yeah, no, I like it with Kurt Douglas, though. That would yeah. be a very different film. It would be an extremely <laughs> different movie, but anyway, Kurt Russell's who Big he meant. Big butthole on the chin. <laughs> In the end of the movie, Snake Plissken triggers like a doomsday EMP-style device where all technology basically all over the world is rendered, you know, inert forever. And I wonder where, what if I'm in the city or nowhere near my family when this occurs? How will I get back to them? Can I feed my family? Will we have to eat the dog? You know, do I have the skills and the weaponry to defend my family? Um, it just stresses me out. Any help you can give me, guys, would be greatly appreciated. Love the show. And a call back to Derp. All right. I love this call because you're basically my daughter. She has these exact same fears. That's why she won't watch zombie movies or television shows featuring zombies. Because in her mind, that kind of post-apocalyptic sort of doomsday scenario is the scariest thing you could tell her about. Uh, I mean, in this scenario, basically what's happened is I can't access Twitter anymore and apparently then I'm going to kill and rape everyone and have to cook the dog. Like, I don't get the whole, like, an EMP's gone off, okay? I get that, oh, communication's going to be tricky. None of my stuff works anymore. I hope insurance covers this. Yeah. But I don't understand the, the, the shift from just complete anarchy. But who knows? Maybe maybe that, that will happen, in which case 
you got to be prepared. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? What are you going to prepare with? Well, I think that, you know, obviously you've got to use the time now whilst we have said technology to train and you've got to learn from people's mistakes. So you do have to go on Netflix and watch a lot of zombie films and you have to look at like, hey, shopping mall, not a good idea. Okay, don't go to the shopping mall. That's where everyone's going. That's where the zombies are at. Yeah, okay, yeah. if anything, stay away specifically from shopping malls. Yeah. Um, I think there's you need to have a zombie survival plan anyway. And I think I've spoken about this on, on previous shows. Um, but it is important to know, for example, where in your house are you going to take the chainsaw uh, to cut your stairs off? Like, at what point can a zombie not climb up those stairs? So you need to get rid of the stairs and get to that higher ground and have a way to, you know, get up and down the stairs, maybe with a rope, something a zombie can't articulate, I think you're going to be fine with. Um, Then you need to make sure you've got a petrol generator. Okay, Y2K survival stuff. Mm -hmm. In fact, if there's anyone who made a a Y2K bunker, it's probably going really cheap. It's been 15 years and we still haven't had uh, a millennium related apocalypse mm-hmm. those people so have moved on they've get, sold their homes like yeah you there's... might get some good value there you might sure. be able to pick up and i mean yeah it's dated yeah. and everything says like you know welcome to the year 2000 get over that is cheaper you know you can get yourself some really good quality secondhand apocalypse surviving stuff mm. and then beyond that i guess like tinned foods uh and rice what else uh you want to have yeah yeah like tuna fish that kind of stuff you said yeah oh you, you said gas generator right yeah you did yeah uh, flashlights, petrol, extra yeah. batteries, uh, blankets. Uh, boy, I just realized how woefully unprepared I am for but this. But even then, Scott, everything we've said has in some way got some technology involved, or most things. Yeah, so that's true. you need to make sure the one thing the EMP can't affect, your brain, <laughs> potentially it does, citation needed. Sure. You <laughs> shape that up. You get that tool sharp. And you get that filled with useful, relevant information. Mm. Okay. So you need to think about like, do I really need to be able to quote Anchorman at a moment's notice? Probably not. No, no. Let's divert that brain power and whammy, mm-hmm. you've got yourself a zombie survival area in your brain. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to start taking that and you're going to start, you know, thinking about how do I start a fire with only natural materials, right? Wood and grasses, dry grass. <laughs> Some form of uh, using, I mean, you can use a, a bottle of water as a magnifying glass to magnify the sun's rays and create a fire that way wow. if you don't want to do any of the, the, the rubbing of sticks. I didn't expect you to have all this outdoorsman survival business. Oh, no. Scott, one thing I didn't tell you, yeah. I used to be an outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to go outdoors fairly regularly uh, <laughs> before I found games. And then I was like, this is way better than outside. You can go outside vi- virtually, even better. Yeah, but uh, you can do so much with uh, with the world around you. Um, lots I of know granola f- bars and like reconstit uh, like uh, dehydrated food and 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 you know you want to just have like these things available to you. Like one of the big deals my wife's really big on right is mm-hmm. one year's worth of food storage. Really? And it's not wow. like necessarily the best variety or it's not like, you know, there's there's stuffed turkeys in there waiting for us to eat them or anything. But, you know, a lot of canned goods, a lot of sort of, you know, things you can cook quickly, spaghetti noodles, that kind of stuff, soups. Uh, for a year? For a full year. And then what we wow. do, what we do is we rotate in and out of it. So, yeah. So yeah, you the, just kind of eat your way through it. Yeah, you eat whatever's going bad or it's See, the old stuff. my wife does the whole, like, we have two of most things. Mm-hmm. So when we've used it up, we've got another and then we buy another. 
so we're never out. But that, that's a year, also I mean, good. that's super. That's super prepared. Yeah. I don't know if I have enough storage space for a year. Yeah. Well, we the barely, nice thing we about America do. is you have a lot of space. We do. We barely so, have enough room for that. We have a room. It's a cold storage room. It's dedicated to nothing wow. but this. Can um, you call it your your um your panic room? Uh, it could, yeah. I mean, the only thing that's like missing that. is like some sort of locking system. So there's and no Jody way. And Jodie Foster, to, isn't and it? And Jodie Foster, she's not. If there. I had a panic room, I'd need to have Jodie Foster in it. Also, wasn't uh, the but she would be panicking? Wasn't so. the girl in that? Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Black Widow. Wasn't she the little girl then? Scarlett Johansson. I think it? so. Oh Wait, wow! I need to look that up. Hold on, panic room. Oh no, it's Chris. It's Kristen Stewart. That's who I was thinking of. Ah, Kristen. Stewart, you know, a yeah. vampire girl lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was. was it was. She had the kind of tomboy esque shorter hair. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's a good well, her movie. and Jodie Foster uh, could be in my panic room, just really freaking out. Um, <laughs> and everyone would say, like, "You haven't even got a lock on it." I'm like, "No, but they're locked in it." Yeah. Um, and they're panicking. Hence, it's a panic room. Right. Um, and I think that that would probably make me feel happier in a post-apocalyptic world. Sure. Because I'm a big fan of some of Jodie Foster's work. Yeah. You know, She's Contact good. is a great film. Sure. I think it's really good. I like uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, she was in the, the Beaver with him. The Beaver. Um, oh, the yeah. Beaver. Right. Right. And so um, I could get her to reenact scenes, and I could be Mel Gibson. And in a post-apocalyptic world, we don't have Netflix anymore, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've got to think, how am I going to keep my mind from going insane? <laughs> well, every good storage it. room has card games and board games. and You could you could go down the boring route, but I think, again, with Jodie Foster there, I'll just you know get a script to The Beaver. Maybe, collectively, we would co-write The Beaver 2, mm. um, and that would really, again, we'd throw around some ideas and some jokes and make sure that it's like suitably um, depressing. Um, and I think it, it, there, there could be a lot of a lot of fun. Now, fun wait, not to key in on secondary topics, but you just said something I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. The the nerd world, as you know, like geeky culture in general, it kind of wants to pressure everybody into wanting to make everyone like the things that everyone else likes. So if you're not a Doctor Who fan, you take a lot of heat for that, uh, as an example, and there's plenty of others. Here's my question to you. There's a lot of peer pressure in the nerd community for everyone to be big time tabletop game fans, people that get together and they play the whatever latest thing mm-hmm. and play a bunch of tabletop stuff. And it's very, very high pressure business. I've noticed like really yep. everybody who's down your throat about it. But I just got the impression from you that maybe you're fighting against that. You're like, Hey, look, oh, not every nerd. Well, everyone, everyone in my workplace loves a good board game yeah, and they're playing them all the time. And that's great. I think for me, board games are just, it depends. Like I quite enjoy Monopoly and Scrabble with the wife. Um, and, you know, that's all good. I like playing stuff like Werewolf and Settlers of Catan. Yeah. But it's just, it, it kind of feels like too much effort. And it's it's a little bit hipstery for me to be like, hey, we should, we should use our imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, again, post-apocalyptic. Okay, fair enough. Nothing's going on. I have to use my imagination. Yeah. Fair enough. But today but you can play a video today, game. Today yeah. I'm going to make the most of it. Up until the zombies are gnawing on my arm, I'm going to be playing, uh, you know, Hearthstone. Wow. Uh, just really just having fun. Yeah. So if somebody says to you, a gun to your head and says, Terpster, Magic the Gathering right now, 10 of us at this table or. So Magic the Gathering, I'd be like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. How much money am I going to have to spend on this? Yeah. And even then, all of my friends are going to move on to a new fad in you know three months time yeah and i'm left with a load of useless cards <laughs> and that's a problem I, I like computer games because if i still like it 
And if there's likely that someone else somewhere still likes it, we can still play that game collaboratively. Yeah. I, I don't play too many single player games. It's a lot of multiplayer stuff. Whereas with board games, they're all multiplayer and you need to physically have people in that same physical space who also want to play that game. Yeah. And it just, like I said, it's a pain in the arse. Yeah, and video games, you could argue, are uh, came about as a way to get away from, not get away from that online but, yeah, yeah but exactly. to make yeah. it possible to do this stuff without yeah, having it all exactly be there. i mean we wouldn't be doing this podcast scott were it not for the magic of video games yeah and their transcontinental powers um but in terms of you know a post-apocalyptic version of hypothetical help it doesn't bear thinking about scott i mean how would we distribute it we'd have to record it onto vinyl uh in the same physical location and then we'd have to physically hand it out to people yeah and you know that to me scares me because that then becomes a precious resource. So all of our advice has to be tip top, on point, really good. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, Scott, I don't know if I could deal with that kind of pressure. <laughs> well, as you've learned here on the show, various degrees of success or failure. It's up to the listener to decide how well we do at that. But there you go. So post-apocalyptic, get out there, yeah. Netflix it up. Learn from everyone else's mistakes. Yep. Go pick up some survival skills. If you if you don't want to pay for like one of those survival experience lesson camp things, my tip is is just be homeless for a couple of months. Just you know, just see how you get on. Yeah, you and learn. Uh, you read, learn. Read. It's a little bit like when you want to learn a foreign language, and people say, "Just go there. Yeah. You'll quickly learn what the word for toilet is yep. because you'll need to go to the toilet." Yep. Equally, if you're homeless, you'll quickly find out how you go to the toilet when you're homeless. Because you have to. Yeah, you got to. I'm going to make a recommendation. Okay. Uh, read Max Brooks's fine book, the, the Zombie Survival Guide. Yeah, it's good. good book. The entire book is not only well-written and incredibly great, and this is the World War Z writer guy, also mm -hmm. Mel Brooks's son, which is weird. Anyway, uh, that's a fantastic read and also literally teaches you how to fight off a zombie uh, invasion. Like Again, and it's, it's built from, from strong ideas and preconceptions obviously we don't quite know how it's going to happen we obviously know it's going to happen in some form yeah um but it gives you enough of a basis to be able to stand a fighting chance at least right and that's all that's all we're telling you to do so all you want thank you all for submitting questions this week as always you're encouraged to call us that's the ones we like the most we'll occasionally do emails but we love the calls 801-471-0462 and i want to make something clear these questions can be anything they don't have to all be relationship advice it could be things like like this apocalyptic one i love that one or it could be like uh my calculator says boobs when i have it upside down why is that we'll answer those questions we don't yeah. care just, you know, whatever. All walks of I like, life. I like it when it says boobless. Boobless. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can yeah, do that. Because yeah, exactly. there's a yeah. three and a couple of fives and a... Yeah, exactly. How do you get seven. the L? Seven? Yeah, how do you yeah, get the L? Yeah. All right. Got to believe in it. Uh, embrace the hype. All right. Uh, so do that. 801-471-0462. Hypotheticalhelp.com is the website. You can find links to everything we do there. Uh, both of us are on Twitter. The underscore T. I'm at Scott Johnson. And as always, support us. Patreon.com slash hypohelp. Every little bit helps. Every little bit makes a new show. Uh, Beautiful. I think that's it. Beautiful. Any parting that thoughts? Is. Any parting thoughts before we go? All I'd say is again, thanks to the thanks to the callers this week. Good, good calls. Yeah. Keep them up. Yeah. Keep them coming. Yeah. Keep your lives in disarray so that we can help you each and every week. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Terpster, and for all those who are scared of post-apocalyptica. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. We gotta get those bomb codes. Boom! A bomb has been planted. <laughs> Holy crap, Scott! I don't know where the bomb is! We gotta get those codes. One man and his friend from England. <laughs> Io, look, it's me. I'm Turkster. Played by some famous English guy. <laughs> I don't know who would play me in a film, actually. 